0: Are you selling a little or a lot? Either way, Shopify helps you do your thing. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. It helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. In fact, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And now, you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Most of the business owners who listen to No Bullshit Leadership want to go large. What's so cool about Shopify is that, no matter how big you want to grow, it gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash leadership or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash leadership now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash leadership. Hey leaders, M here. We're finalizing Marty's 2024 speaking calendar and he still has a few opportunities available. Now you've experienced the impact that Marty has on the podcast, but that's only a tiny fraction of the impact that he has when he delivers an in-person keynote presentation. If you'd like to book Marty to speak at your organization's event, go to com or send us an email at hello at com, And we can chat about how to tailor his powerful message to your leaders to achieve real results. All right, now back to the episode. Welcome to the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. In a world where knowledge has become a commodity, this podcast is designed to give you something more, access to the experience of a successful CEO who has already walked the path. So join your host, Martin Moore, who will unlock and bring to life your own leadership experiences and accelerate your journey to leadership excellence. Hey there, and welcome to episode 212 of the No Bullshit Leadership Podcast. This week's episode... Your Professional Development Roadmap – Five Valuable Options With so many opportunities for professional development, it's really difficult to know which one to pursue. The most valuable commodity that you have is your own time. And in the episode a couple of weeks ago, I gave you some hacks for managing your time and energy so that you can play the long game in your career. So in today's episode, I want to take some of the guesswork out of that professional development space and make it easier for you to decide what your best options are to support your career growth in the coming year and beyond. There are five basic development options that you can pursue to improve your career trajectory. And I'm going to take a brief look at each of these, giving you my perspectives on which ones might be appropriate for you to pursue at different career stages. Now, each of these options has different characteristics and will be more or less valuable depending on two things. The first is your ultimate career goal. And the second is where you currently are in relation to that goal. So I'm going to start with a very quick fly over the top of my own professional development journey. I'll then briefly outline each of the five basic professional development options that are available to you and give you my two cents worth about their pros and cons. And I'm going to finish with some ideas for how to get your organisation to invest in your development if any of the options you decide to pursue require a significant financial commitment. So let's get into it. Alright, I want to start just by giving you a quick rundown on my development path over the years. After dropping out of my law degree, I decided to pursue a career in software development. And this was in the early 1980s. It was decades before tech actually was cool. Now, having wasted so much time on my first degree, I felt as though I was behind everyone else. So I didn't want to start all over again on a four or five year education commitment. Ah, the naivety of the 22 year old brain, Right. So, I took a diploma course in computer programming, which only took a year to complete, and with this, I got my ticket to the game. So, rule number one always make sure you have the ticket to play. You've got to know what it is and do what you need to get it. But equally, you need to recognize that this is just a good start and it won't necessarily take you where you need to go. So, I got a job as a programmer analyst with a bank in Sydney, Australia, and for the first five or ten years of my career, All my education consisted of undertaking technical courses to learn new skills in new programming languages. Now, towards the end of this phase, I also studied project management so that I could learn the discipline of running software development projects. But all of this was really about my technical competence and making sure that I understood the foundational concepts well enough to start learning how to really apply them. So rule number two. Formal technical education is just the starting point to competence, as I quickly discovered. Remember the 70 10 principle of adult learning. 70% of your learning comes from on-the-job experiences. 20% comes from the coaching and mentoring you receive from your boss, such as it is, and 10% is this type of formal training. So any technical course really just gives you the basics, but then you can build on that through on-the-job learning which is where you achieve real competence and mastery. Now, because I'd always been keen to learn, I was also reading a lot of books during this time in all sorts of areas. But mainly, I was developing my appetite for business performance and leadership. I was absolutely fascinated by what made people tick and how to tap into their triggers for motivation and performance. Of course, I also attended a lot of industry conferences where I was able to discover different perspectives and hear from practitioners who had trodden the path before me. I always came away from these better off for learning from other people's mistakes and sharing some of mine. As I approached my 40th birthday, I took stock of where my career was. And I felt that although the IT industry was fun and rewarding, it wasn't where the action was. So it was over 20 years ago that I set my sights on transitioning out of IT and extending my career into the world of mainstream business. Enter the Master of Business Administration. Now I'm going to talk more about the MBA shortly, as it's one of the key development options for a career in business. And for me, it turned out to be a core foundation for all my future career success. So even though it was a huge commitment in terms of time and money and personal sacrifice, it was absolutely invaluable. Five years later... I set my sights on something even more ambitious, an intensive executive development course. So in 2007, I embarked upon the Advanced Management Program, Harvard Business School's flagship executive offering. Now to say this was life-changing is an understatement for a whole range of reasons. This not only gave me some new skills and increased confidence, it fundamentally changed the way I think about business and strategy. Since then, I've taken the odd course in a technical way, so a good example of this was the Scott work negotiation course that I took, and that was outstanding, incredibly valuable in lifting my negotiation skills. But I haven't really done any technical education in quite a while. These days, the availability of high-quality knowledge on virtually any subject makes informal learning really easy. So now most of my learning comes from podcasts, books, and the interweb. All right, let's take a look at the five development options that are available to you. The first, which I just mentioned, is free content. Today, the world is awash with knowledge. So much so that knowledge has become very much a commodity. The only real barrier to learning is your ability to access a high-speed internet connection. Information is instantly available and more comprehensive than you could ever wish for. So, podcasts like No Bullshit Leadership can be particularly useful, because I attempt to go beyond pure knowledge and to give you the full benefit of any insight and wisdom that I may have acquired over my successful 35-year career in business. There are also an infinite number of newsletters and blogs on every subject imaginable. And let's face it, there's no problem that can't be solved with the help of a YouTube video, right? Right. But reading free articles from McKinsey, The Economist, or Harvard Business Review is a cheap, available, and high-quality source of learning. So the pros for this type of learning are that, first and foremost, it's incredibly cost-effective. And second, it gives you immediate access to high-quality information. It's super low risk. So if you start consuming something and you decide you don't like it, well, exit costs are zero. Just stop consuming it but there are certainly some cons as well. Number one, with so much information out there, it's often really hard to find exactly what you need. Second, there's just as much misinformation as there are facts. Uh, Third, much of the information you'll come across has been oversimplified to the point where it loses any utility. Now, even some of the articles I've written for Harvard Business Review feel a little trite because there's always a listicle involved somewhere. And the final con, just ask yourself the question, when was the last time I used any of this information to actually change the way I do things? So, rule number three, for me, I'd say this free learning is an incredibly valuable option that's necessary, but not sufficient. Just be judicious about what information you consume, and how much credibility you assign to it. And also realize that. Listening and absorbing information does nothing to change where you are and to move you forward. Only action does. The second option is technical courses. Now, these have a really important place in your development, particularly early on in your career. When you're an individual contributor, your technical skills are the main source of value that you bring to your organisation. And this may actually be true for a number of years. So make sure you get the training you need when you need it. But even at the highest levels of leadership, technical courses can be really useful depending on your goals. So for example, courses like Finance for Non-Finance Managers or Competitive Strategy for Executives that are offered at many high-quality business schools. So in terms of the pros, technical courses are essential building blocks in your career toolkit. And they're also an awesome way to learn in bite-sized chunks with just-in-time learning. The cons? Well, as I said earlier, they get you to the starting line, but you still have to get the experience through application in your day-to-day role. So if you can't apply the concepts immediately, you'll find that they lose their value rather quickly, as per our 70-20-10 model. A lot of people choose technical courses, particularly later in their career, to suit their interests or what they'd like to be doing. And they don't necessarily have the opportunity to apply them straight away. Then, of course, there's the whole question of transitioning from being a technical expert to a leader. At some point, you're going to need to shift your focus from your own knowledge and capability to leveraging other people's capacity and performance, not just your own. And this is important enough to make rule number four. You'll need to use your judgment to work out when the right time is to shift from a technical focus to a broader management and leadership focus. Okay, let's move on to number three, internal courses. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on this one. If you're in a larger organisation, then from time to time, you'll be required to undertake certain training courses. And these can be anything from uh, an organisational induction to diversity training, uh, training in policies and procedures, and sometimes, yes, even leadership training. I've seen these programs run through organisations before, and there's no doubt they can be useful in helping people to learn. But positive change only comes through improving leadership, culture, and performance. And this is only done by taking action to do things differently. I've seen many CEOs and HR directors use this as a tick box exercise. Yes, I've trained and developed my people. I am a great leader. (laughs) So, the pros. Internal training can bring people up to a common level of understanding and consistency, which is highly valuable for any organisation. It's an investment from the organisation that signals to its people what it considers to be important, and it can make it easier to do your job by knowing what's expected in the areas that your organisation trains you in. The cons are, much of the internal training you'll be required to undertake is for compliance reasons, rather than to add value to your capability. Unless you have a cultural drive to make changes as a result of the training, it can just be an expensive box-ticking exercise. Okay, option number four is postgraduate qualifications. I realised when I embarked on my MBA journey that although I definitely felt as though I needed the qualification if I was going to be taken seriously, I also realised how much I needed to learn to make a successful career transition from IT to mainstream business. Now postgraduate quals come in many different forms, and what's the right option for you depends largely on your career aspirations. Should you do a master's degree in your base discipline to further increase your technical expertise? For example, if you specialise in adult learning, is a master's of education going to satisfy you? Should you do a PhD? Well, if you have a career in the academia, this is de rigueur. Should you do a degree that further develops a skill that's critical to your chosen career path at more senior levels? For example... If you're an investment banker or a venture capitalist, a master's in applied finance might be the perfect complement to your existing experience. There are certainly more pros than cons here. I could go on all day about the value of my postgraduate MBA. It not only taught me a broad range of business skills, but the process also built my resilience and confidence. I built great networks of lifelong friends and colleagues. It gave me a formal recognised and sought-after qualification. Now, the cons are that any postgrad degree is a serious commitment and it can have significant impact on your life in virtually every area. So you need to be really serious about doing it before you decide to take it on. They're expensive to undertake financially, so you have to think about your return on investment, the path to benefits recovery that comes from achieving the qualification. Will your future earnings make that worthwhile? And if you aren't realistic about the likely outcomes, you may feel a sense of disappointment. For example, the letters after your name won't greatly improve your job prospects and remuneration in most cases. This is why rule number five is so important. Don't just think about the letters that you'd like after your name. Think about the capabilities you need to build and the things you need to learn. It's what you learn and apply to improve your performance that brings value not the qualification itself. All right, your final option, number five. There are development programs out there that bridge the divide between theoretical knowledge and practical wisdom. They bring deep insights that aren't readily available and they put practical tools and strategies in your hands so that you can apply them immediately and improve the results you can achieve. So for example, there are online courses like Seth Godin's Alt-MBA then there's Marie Forleo's B-School program or Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy. Now, I would also humbly put our own Leadership Beyond the Theory program in with this esteemed company. But before Em and I set up our business, I took Marie Forleo's B-School program. Yes, even with my stellar business education, I knew that I needed some practical tools and insights if I was going to embark on a completely different business model than what I was familiar with over my corporate career. These types of programs all have some common elements, which I would consider pros. They're delivered flexibly online, which makes them accessible and easy to integrate into your current lifestyle, no matter how busy you are. The practical content goes way beyond the commodity style knowledge that swamps the internet. They have tools and techniques that can be implemented immediately, and they're grounded in leading edge theory, but they're not theoretical. Most importantly, They've been created and delivered by people who've been there and done that. The results are predictably positive as long as you do the work. But, of course, there are always cons, right? So if you're not committed to doing the work, you won't get the results. Which I guess is true for any option, really. Financially, they're a much smaller commitment than postgraduate university or business school degrees. So, as a result, you might not take it quite as seriously. And online learning requires discipline and focus. So if you're not serious, it absolutely won't work. Also, if you value academic qualifications, you won't get the letters after your name from these types of programs, so they don't hold the same status as an MBA from Darden or Stanford or Sloan. Okay, so just before I wrap this episode up, I want to try to remove one barrier for you. Continuous learning is critical, no matter where you are or what your future career aspirations are. I know lots of leaders who pay for their own development because they don't think their organisations are going to come to the party. Now, I negotiated my Harvard Business School development incentive with the CEO at NTI in 2005 and it cost the organisation around $100,000 in direct costs plus the indirect cost of having me out of the business for two months. It doesn't matter what ongoing education is right for you. If it's improving your skills and capability, your organisation should be willing to help you fund it whether it's a Microsoft technical certification, a negotiation course, an MBA, a course in digital advertising creation. As long as it's relevant to your job and likely to improve your performance, you should seek to get support from your boss. The old excuse of, we don't have the budget for that, is a lazy way for your boss to fob you off. And as I said, this happens all the time. So it's important that you approach the exercise the right way. Now today, I'm going to share a sample business case template with you that you can use to approach your boss to support your professional development. How much time and effort you put into this will depend entirely on how big a commitment it is in relation to your company's size. So for example, if you're working for a small business and you want them to help you spend $80,000 on an MBA, well, that's always going to be a tough sell, isn't it? But if you're realistic your organization should be prepared to support you as they will be the ones who reap the benefits of your improved capability and performance. If they're not prepared to support you, well, that tells you something right there, doesn't it? Anyhow, I'm not going to run through it here, but you can download the business case template which will show you how to approach your boss to fund your professional development, no matter which option you choose. You'll be able to access it at yourceomentor.com forward slash episode 212. Follow those steps, and you should at least get your company to share the financial burden. The rest, as they say, is up to you. Look, I hope that was useful for you in working out what education options are available. Whatever you do, though, be intentional and deliberate about where you want your career to take you, and then tailor your development opportunities accordingly. There are horses for courses, and at each stage of your career you'll need something completely different. So make sure that you're constantly evaluating your options across the five professional development categories that I've outlined here. Leaders are learners. All right. So that brings us to the end of episode 212. Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, at Your CEO Mentor, our purpose is to improve the quality of leaders globally. So please share this episode with another leader who you know is going to benefit from it. I look forward to next week's episode where I'm going to stay on this current theme of career development. I'm going to talk about how to get a return on investment from your training. Until then, I know you take every opportunity you can to be a no bullshit leader.